0: Privilege is all around you. It shows up in your clothes, where you live, the places you frequent, your network capital, and even how you spend your money. It's useless until you recognize it. So it's time to stop feeling guilty and figure out how to use your privilege to make an impact. Welcome to Guilty Privilege. Welcome back to a new episode of Guilty Privilege. My name is Amber Cabral, and today I've had the privilege of talking to Lisa Cunningham, who is a director in digital media and public health, and my dear friend. She's a phenomenal storyteller. You are going to get some nuggets today, y'all. We're going to have a little bit of conversation about the experience of being responsible for telling people's story and the equity in storytelling and why everyone should have access to it.
1: I am so happy you're here. (sighs) I am so happy to be here. Listen,
0: I think you might have been the first person to book. <laughs> of course, I was. <laughs> Eager. I was so excited when I got the note that you were booked because when i think of storytelling you are one of the first people that come to uh. mind for me because you've had such a career and you've had an opportunity to tell all types of stories yes. in all types of ways and you get all of this set stuff that the people who are talk, like <laughs> listening to us talk don't see and so i was really excited to have you on because i know you really get the intricacies of like what storytelling really means yeah. right yeah. and so um, my first question that i really wanted to ask you is just You know, having the privilege and also the trust that people Mm. grant you to tell people's stories
1: and all of the ways that you've done that. How has that shaped your life? You know, it's so interesting because when I grew up taking you back to the 90s -hmm. in Atlanta, Right. right, in music video land, right we were telling stories. We were liberating in a sense, Mm -hmm. like liberating. I remember when we were on TLC sets and they were wearing their hat to the back and the pants down real low, okay? That's right. But that was an anthem that created a culture, right? So that storytelling through that art form was something that I grew up with. Mm -hmm. And then it exploded from there. So over the years, when I started pivoting, mm-hmm. when I started, as I like to call it, the remix, yes. right? When I remixed it, I said, now I want to take that portion of storytelling, mm-hmm. but I want to do it for even a greater good. Yeah. Because there were times when I felt like I was a part of that culture of storytelling. Yeah. Right. That might not have been making such a good impact. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and so when you can do it and you can captivate people, but you're, literally not only bringing awareness, but you are changing patterns of behaviors for generations to come, Mm -hmm. that was the game changer. So for me, storytelling is my lifeline. I can't even think of what I would do if I wasn't helping to tell my story, other stories. I don't know what I would do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So a little bit, let's let's share a little detail for the folks. So you and I met on a set and had a really brief encounter. And then a few years later, you reached out to me to have a conversation and we turned into a friendship from there. But specifically, you reached out because of something that I do. Can you share a little bit about what made you reach out to me and how that has informed some things that you are leaning into?
1: What it was is that I met you and then I ended up finding you on a podcast Mm -hmm. and saw that you were masterful in the dei space <laughs> thank you. i mean it's just a fact thank you <laughs> and it was a space that it was like the final frontier for me right i was like I, it's over there i want to <laughs> do this this is what i want to do but i said there's only experts do that no you gotta be an expert No. you were the first person after i reached out to you you literally did I'll say the whiz. I won't say Wizard of Oz. Okay. You did the whiz on me. I love that. Right? You said, Lisa, you've already got it inside you. You've it's true. already got it inside you. And I was like, but no, I don't. I don't know all this stuff. And this was so strange. Figures. I'm like, are
0: you kidding me? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. It
0: blows my mind yeah. because the thing. So I always remind people to when you're talking about DEI, when you're talking about equity, mm-hmm. which is really the the core of what we're all asking mm-hmm. for. The thing is, I need you to be in your space, yes, because it needs to happen there. Yes, and I can't. I don't get invited to all the spaces, whether that's a cultural matter, whether it's a, you know, identity element, whether it's my age or any of those things, I don't get invited to all the spaces, but there are spaces that you have been to, have access to, and have an opportunity to shape and influence. And so I'm like, what do you mean? Right. You've already got it. Right. So why were you interested so much in being impactful in, mm, let's just call it the DEI space? Yeah.
1: Well, what I was seeing is that my unique history, Mm -hmm. right, being rooted in the entertainment industry. I said to myself, wait a minute. I've got a level of credibility, Mm -hmm. right? You know how old I am. Not everybody knows how old I am. I will tell the audience I am 53 years old, okay? (laughs) Let's just get that out of the way right now. Love that that black (sighs) doesn't crack. (laughs) Thank you. What I did is I said to myself, I want to be able to take this kind of swag Mm -hmm. that a lot of the people that are in that space Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. don't have. That's not to discredit anybody because everybody, you just said it, we got to have people in all these different rooms, right? right. And we've got to captivate and appeal to people in all different ways. And so I knew that there was an audience that I could appeal to. That's true. And so that's why I was just like, no, I got to get in this space. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember winning contests for speaking mm-hmm. when I was eight years old. Oh, wow. You have a voice now. You have quite Thank, a voice. Well, I'm talking to a person who has a voice. <laughs> <laughs> so we voice battle. Listen, people are going to, this is ASMR, <laughs> this podcast. Here we go. So anyway, Amber, Correct. this is guilty pleasure. Great talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I could captivate people, but now I I, I just wanted to take that to another we- uh, level. And there's certain things that happen in your life mm. that I didn't realize mm. why I was, I just kept leaning into this space. Mm. And so I'll share this, and I don't know if I've ever said this um, on camera, is that my sister, God rest her soul, passed away in the earlier 2000s and I saw the system of healthcare yes. for the very first time. Yes. I witnessed all of the gaps. Yes. Right. And then as I got older, I was a caretaker for my mom, yeah. as a lot of people know. Yes. And I started to see more and more gaps. Yeah. And I also started to see what privilege my family had. Right. And what that meant for the fact that we just lost my mom at 93. She Mm -hmm. would have never lived that long had we not had that privilege, right? right? And so that comes to medications, how you took the medication, Mm. were you being proactive? Did you you prevent yourself from even having to get on the medication to begin with? Exactly. Right? So all of these narratives I ended up wanting to spread the gospel of, you know, let's be preventive, right, black folks right. or all folks, right? right? Let's right. be preventive with our health. I didn't realize that was the driving force by me wanting to get into this space. I love had that. no idea until it like came to me like an aha moment. Like, day. I want us to be well. Yes, I, I want that. us to be well. Yes, absolutely.
0: Ugh. So so tell me this, how, and you've, you've alluded to it in that story, mm-hmm. but how, How is storytelling important to identity?
1: Identity and storytelling, you know, it's very interesting because I learned so much from listening to people who are supposedly you know, they act like the LGBTQ community is this, it's, you know, it's one group.
0: Everybody's the same. All y'all have the same objectives and goals and faces and features. Yes, that's true. <laughs> it's very true.
1: And when I tell you how my trans sisters mm-hmm. have educated me with their storytelling yes. over the past couple of years, yes. I had a, we were so excited. We were doing something with the mayor's office and we had brought together some of our trans stakeholders to have a round table Mm -hmm. and I'm so happy and I'm gonna moderate this wonderful discussion. And it was at city hall Mm. and we got everybody together. And one woman said to us, you know, there would have been some women that would have been here today, but they couldn't come because they travel with weapons on them for protection mm-hmm. and they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to get through the city hall security yeah when i tell you it gives me chills just knowing that i wouldn't have learned that without storytelling right had they not shared that with right. me and it impacted me right you know and so that's why identity and storytelling they it, it's a, it's a marriage and we have to allow People to be able to have access to telling stories. I have this phrase, it's not mine, but I constantly say, I don't wanna just be preaching to the choir. Right. I'm hoping that your audience right now is people, some people who don't think like I think. Exactly. Because I want you to hear me. Right. Yeah, and I wanna hear you too. Exactly,
0: yeah. (laughs) I think also like just thinking about what you were saying about healthcare and equitable access to healthcare, like. We need that story. Yes. Like I know, you know, I recently lost my father. And so just not having access to the information and then having conversations with doctors after, you know, like (sighs) there's so much that we don't know around our health Ugh. around the healthcare industry. And I'm a person who worked in health insurance. No. And so I knew what questions to ask. I knew how to probe, but the stories that we hear, the information we get from those experiences, the the identities of the folks who are carrying cancer or who are carrying just being older, yes. right? Yes. Or being a woman in this yes. particular community or whatever it, it might yes. be, right? Those are all identity aspects that need a story yes. so that folks have an opportunity to glean from that information and then go forward and say, okay, well, here's how I can Maybe be different. I hope you're enjoying today's episode. And if you happen to also be looking for tools to help you navigate tough conversations, to be able to show up as a more impactful ally or just to have resources about how to navigate equity in your world. I've written two books. My first book is called Allies and Advocates. And this book is really focused on helping you show up as a more impactful ally. It has actual tactics and tips and things that you can practice to help you get there, both for yourself and for others. My second book is called Say More About That. Now Say More About That is more about helping you to speak up, to push back, to challenge, to be able to have those conversations that sometimes get a little bit difficult. And in fact, I've given you actual scripts to help you to be able to do that so if you're interested in just having a few extra resources in your pocket to be able to help you to navigate any of those things you can go pick up those books anywhere where you buy books or you can pop down into the show notes and click the links and buy them there back to the episode
1: well also we have to learn that sometimes our identities Mm -hmm. are rooted in some old ass stories it's very true (laughs) It's very true. That's it's why like, we need some new stories. Like <laughs> Black folks in their relationship with things like clinical trials. Oh yes. Wait. You know what they did to mm-hmm. Henrietta, and you know what the Tuskegee. Oh, everybody gonna pull but, out Tuskegee. But you don't realize that Mama, Big Mama's medication doesn't mm-hmm. work. That's right. Because none of us were in any of the research that exactly. had it exactly. So, and our identity matters to that. Thank you. Right. It Absolutely. matters to that. We can't yeah. get it right.
0: We can't get it right. Unless we're willing to lean in and be a part of that story. Yes. Right? And yes. so, yeah, I love that. Um, this is an obvious question, but I do want to hear your thoughts about yeah. it. There, You know, what are your thoughts about equitable access to storytelling? Do you think that there is equitable access to storytelling?
1: Well, you know... This is a little of a
0: tricky question, too. The thing about (laughs) it
1: is, is that I always lean on the side of hope. Yeah. So I do see the progress that has been made. Mm -hmm. But let's just keep it real. I mean, we still live in a society where certain people get to tell stories right. to the biggest audience That's right, right? Yes. and so we've got to change that yeah. no matter what, what no, no matter what we've got to change it, it it's funny that I, I remember they were saying that uh uh when nicole kidman and uh reese witherspoon got together to do that hbo show that i loved uh oh i the, didn't see that that was the fires show i forget oh, what the oh yeah. little fires everywhere yeah. was that the one is that the one you're talking about it, it had, had um, a, it was such a great yeah, show. Yeah, it was a good, it was a lot of microaggressions. Yeah. It was microaggressions right. everywhere. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. But okay. they made the show because they're just like, we wanna see more women led characters mm. on TV shows. And I love that. And so they got together and did it themselves. Mm-hmm. Why? Because, because they, they have they, privilege they have the
0: privilege <laughs> they had the privilege
1: and so what yeah. does that say for us right but i think that we can model things like what isa ray did yes we can model that and say this works she incubated that mm-hmm. and then took it to a larger scale and it worked for everybody right. it worked for the network right because <laughs> you know it's got to work for it's them right work for the them. bottom line right. and we're also starting to prove that our st- stories matter and can make money yeah. so uh, un- unfortunately That's what it's going to take on that side. And then outside of that, though, we've got to start getting out of our silos on social media and whatnot. Like, We've got to. We've got to seek out other stories.
0: I think the seeking out gets hard, especially when the climate is really contentious. Like right now we've been in like, I don't know, what are we like, year eight of a very contentious political climate. And so it's just really hard, I think, to go outside of that and be willing to hear someone else's perspective. But... We miss so many things when we fail to do that. When I'm unwilling to just subject myself to someone else's perspective.
1: Yeah, we do.
0: You know, you're losing a lot. You I, are. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a it's a dangerous thing. So you gave a TED talk, which I thoroughly admire. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you I, will too. I it's coming. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. And what you talked about was how people were coming to Atlanta to escape discrimination, yeah. and how Atlanta was creating a more equitable space. Yeah. I would love for you to talk a little bit about that, and then also maybe give some recommendations about what you think cities in general could do better yeah. to create more equitable spaces.
1: You know, it's funny because that TEDx talk was in 2019 mm-hmm. still relevant though. and that's the painful part of it yeah is that it's still relevant it is you know there's this thing that the uh, it's an index that the HRC the human rights campaign mm-hmm. puts out every year It's mm-hmm. it's the municipal equality index and it basically tells you how cities show up how that infrastructure is as it relates to the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Do they have laws that protect? And when you look at a city like I'm from, the privilege of being in Atlanta where we always get 100%, 100%, <laughs> right? Yes. But you look at the, the report and you just click on a city that's not even 30 minutes away. That's right. Like Roswell, Georgia. That's right. And it'll Same say state. five. How is that even possible? So when you have people that are saying to us, why are you all? Why are you 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 constantly bringing this up? Why is this always a thing? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's always a thing because. We don't have equity. Yes. You can't go anywhere. You're confined to like these three little cities. In 29 states, you can still be denied um, housing. You, you you can be denied that you just want to walk into a certain business and, and patronize it. Mm. And you can't. I mean, there's so many in 29 states yeah. in this country, you're not protected. Mm. So I think that. That part of it, in terms of being in an Atlanta, it's a lot easier yeah. than it's not, Yeah, quite frankly. Right. I'll share this. One of my personal biggest pain points, mm-hmm. and you see who I am and how I am. This is how I am all day, yes. mostly every day. Yes. This, this is, is not you. an act, no, right? This is you. This is me. I'm a yes. pretty happy-go-lucky you person. Are. Yes. When I'm out, I do this strategy thing, right? because i immediately get anxiety if i start to feel like i have to use the restroom in public mm-hmm. i start i go oh lord i drank too much water oh no oh i come up with a strategy just to use the restroom mm-hmm. in public and that's because i am more masculine presenting i'm she her mm-hmm. all day long right was born that right But I present a different way. right? So when I head to that restroom, Mm -hmm. there's going to be someone who comes out that says, you're going to the wrong restroom. Mm -hmm. And then I say, no, I'm a woman. And then they say, no, you're not.
0: Yeah. That's the story. That's it. That's it. I remember the first time you shared that with me, like it just gave me chills and it still gives me chills because I just can't imagine with all of the things that my life is hard about, I cannot imagine my life being hard about going to the restroom. And you're like, yeah, I'm thinking about that. Anytime I leave, I'm like, okay, what's the plan? Let me not drink any water over here. Oh, I want to have a cocktail with you, but I can only have one because I need to be thoughtful about that's insane.
1: And my partner is like, be defiant, walk in there confidently. Right. I'm like, you know, it's microaggressive. It. <laughs> it keeps happening. <laughs> it yeah. Yeah. And so that's why when you talk about how can we model a city like mm. in Atlanta, mm. you know, gender neutral restrooms Absolutely. are Absolutely. really simple if you don't want to, you know, while you're also just educating the public about the fact that, you know, I'm a pretty great citizen. Right. You know, right, you I'm are. not trying <laughs> to harm anybody. Exactly. But the part where I've been at an actual stall, the part where I've been at an actual sink washing my hands, and there's a woman next to me with her four year old daughter, and she's clutching her tighter because I'm yeah. in the bathroom. That's wild. <sighs> That's wild. It's, Something's it's, got to change. Yeah,
0: it's 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 the narrative. It is the narrative. It's the narrative. Yeah. That that's what has to change. Um, thank you for sharing that. That's yeah. that that story. It it grabs me every <sighs> single time. Um, I still just. I think it's so unfortunate that something as simple as a basic biological function that actually is something we all have to do has yeah. to be a matter of debate like that kind of blows my mind a little bit. Hey there, I hope you're enjoying the episode. And in fact, if you are, you can bring me to your organization or event to help you bring conversations like this to life in your workspaces. This is something I do for a living. I do coaching, I do training, I do executive consulting, whatever it is that you might need as it relates to trying to figure out how to activate allyship or equity in your space. It's probably something I can support. So if you're interested in how we can work together, you can reach out to me at cabralco.com or pop down into the show notes and click the link book a discovery call and we will chat with you soon back to the show so let me ask you this because we've we've talked about a bit of the hard stuff yeah yeah. are there any privileges that you think are associated with being a member of the lgbtq community and i mean that in the broad way Mm -hmm. not necessarily the little narrow bucket we like to tuck all the folks in do you think there are any privileges that maybe um you know folks don't necessarily have visibility to that might be good for them to be aware of?
1: Yeah, I mean I, <laughs> I think in this country they p- we pick and choose what's hot. Right? That's true.
0: We do do that.
1: That is the American way. So, is there something that is going on with a particular sector right now, to where oh, we gotta get, we gotta get more gay women directors, or we gotta oh, get more? Yes. you know what I mean. So, th- yes. so, so, is mm-hmm. there a privilege that comes from that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The calls that I get are always, oh, we gotta have Lisa in the room. We gotta have, or if wow. not Lisa. I, Another Lisa in the room, gotta be there. And so what that does, though, is that at least you know. I remember I I heard something once where um, Martin Luther King's father they had invited him to have the the choir come sing at the Gone with the Wind you know party and everything. And they said, but but you're not. They're not even allowing us to be properly Mm. there to begin with. But his point was, if I'm invited though, right. I'm going to come so that it still, it's gonna bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a lot of what I see myself yeah. doing these days. Yeah, I'm you're shaking in the, hands yeah. and bridging the gap. Yeah, you're bridging <laughs> the gap. Well, I
0: mean, that's, we do need that. I, I don't appreciate I don't appreciate how it must feel to have to be that person. There are definitely some spaces in my life where I've felt like I've had to bridge the gap. It's, you know, likely it's been a place where we had to speak up because you know Mm -hmm. I'm going to say the thing. You're going to say the thing. Okay, I'm going to say it. So I, you know, I do think that that experience is undervalued, but Mm. I also think it creates some really powerful stories. It does. Like it it puts us in the position to talk about the things, you know, because regardless of what happens to that first few, it is going to be a dialogue and often a dialogue that for some reason or another, people have been avoiding. Yeah. So I I really do love that part. All right. So let me ask you this too. Thinking about allyship, because, you know, my first book was about allyship.
1: (laughs) The book that is like the Bible of DEI, yes. I love that.
0: (laughs) Thank you. So when we are thinking about being allies for a particular community, so whether that's the queer community, whether that's allies for black women, whether that's allies for young people, because we definitely know there's a lot of that with all of the school shootings, Um, what is something that you think it's super important to keep in mind as you are working to be an ally? What's something that you think everybody should be keeping at the top of their mind?
1: I think you ended it with what is the most important, keeping it at the top of your mind. Yes. And because we we get bottled down mm-hmm. with, I just thought about it when I was on my way here today. I've never written to a senator. Wow. Never. I have absolutely written to several senators. I've <laughs> never done it. <laughs> yeah. But yet I've been impactful. Mm-hmm. I've rallied. Yeah. I've done. So I think we get stuck with this thing of thinking that we've got to show up in this big way yes no yes just keep equity top of mind in your everyday life yeah so the last time we're in new york city right now right but the last time i was here i was nominated for a pr week award Mm. and i'm at this wonderful gala and i'm sitting up there and because i was enjoying the environment so much what did I do? I drank too much.
0: <laughs> water. Water, Let me water, disclaim. water,
1: water. So I had chugged out too many waters and all of a sudden I had to use the restroom. So I'm in this wonderful, you know, tux um, type outfit and I begrudgingly do the green mile to start <laughs> walking towards the bathroom because I knew that it wasn't like the movie theater. Yeah. This is ball gown looking right. stuff. Like, right. you know, and yes. here I'm coming in this. So I walk in, I decide my best approach was to make an 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 admission as soon as I walked in the door. Cause you know the ladies' room, it's always a long oh, line. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. So there was that foyer mm-hmm. before the bathroom. Exactly. Come on now. Yeah. So I get to the foyer part and I said, ladies, I just want you to know I'm a woman. This oh. woman in the prettiest gown, dress, said, of course you are, honey, come here. I love and that. it disarmed everyone. Everybody. And that was her That act. was allyship. That, that was, was it. it. That was it. I, I mean, I literally tear up every time oh,
0: I, I think that. about it. I love that. Yeah. So that took bravery on both sides. I think yes. it's important to remember that too. Yeah. I, the last line of my book, both books, is go forth and be brave. Yes. Because I think this requires bravery. I have to be willing to say, this is what I need, which is what you did. And then, and I can imagine you doing that, which is why (laughs) it's a little funny. And then the other side of that is folks have to be willing to step in and meet you for that bravery and say, of course, right? And so there's that part that I, you know, I really do try to drive that home Mm. in my books. Like this isn't easy. Here are the tools. But it isn't discussed often enough, I think, when we're talking about allyship because we think it's sexy. Right. You know, we think it has to be
1: cute yes. or visible yes. or pretty. No. And very
0: often, all folks are asking you to do is meet them in their yes. bravery. And, yes. that's, and that's, that's and it. And I like
1: how you tell us kind of when... when it, you don't always know when you're going to step up. That's right. And I love that you say that in your book, like somebody's mispronouncing a word, right? Yeah. And so you're you're saying to yourself, is this a time when I want to step in and right. tell and tell this person, hey, I need you to pronounce this differently because this means something to me. Yes. And so, and, and then you give the wonderful tools on how to approach that conversation. But that's what allyship is. And I think that you've got to start Making sure that we don't think it that it has to be all about writing senators. Correct. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Although, do please
0: write your senators. Please write your senators. Write your senators. <laughs> please write your senators. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is it is useful and and they do listen. Yeah. Uh, they may not abide, but they do listen. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So I have a final question for sure. you. All right. So this podcast is called Guilty Privilege. Okay. And the reason I called it that is because. I recognize that we all have some privilege and we don't always have awareness of it. And when we do, sometimes we feel a little guilty about it. Mm. And so what I wanted to make sure this podcast did was highlight the privilege that we have in your case, the privilege to tell folks stories and, you know, show how it was being pushed forward and how we share that privilege to be impactful. So the question I have for you is. What is one privilege that you have that you refuse to feel guilty about? Oh, that's
1: funny. Uh, I didn't see that question. That's okay. (laughs) Take your time. I am honored to have stumped you. Uh, Let's see. Okay. What is one privilege that I have Mm -hmm. that uh, I refuse to feel guilty about? I think the one privilege that I have is where I'm from. Mm. I really, really do. I'm I'm from the city of Martin Luther King. Yes. You know, there's a phrase that it says, Atlanta, the city too busy to hate. You know? Yes. I, there's a privilege that comes from that. Yeah. So my experience growing up was not like someone's experience in Dothan, Alabama. Oh, for sure. Right? Right. And so, but I don't apologize for it. You shouldn't. I'm happy about it. Yes. And it made me who I am. Absolutely. Today. And I love that. Yeah. So great
0: having you. <laughs> Thank this you. was so great. Oh, this was great. I'm so glad I got to see you. I this am is good. Too.
1: I am too.